Now, down below there, we have the shadow, as Jung calls it. It's like the blind spot for ego. That about yourself, of which your <coughs> ego is completely unconscious, of which it has no knowledge whatsoever. <laughs> I've rendered it in a series of separate strokes. This shadow, in Jung's terminology, corresponds almost precisely to the Freudian unconscious. The Freudian unconscious is constituted of repressed experiences, repressed shocks that the infant, first the infant and then later the growing uh, child has experienced. Jung's first interest in Freud was in Freud's theory of the mechanism of repression. What is it in the psyche that so puts these things out of sight that consciousness is completely unaware of them? And it is these shocks that have set up the slant, the posture, the, uh, the structuring attitude of the individual uh, to life. It's these that constitute the personal unconscious, the shocks that will have uh, upset and uh, transformed the life experience of one person will not be precisely the same as those that will have done so for another. And so the shadow is the order of what Jung calls the personal unconscious. On the other hand, the self is a function of the biology of the body. We have two things here. We have a basic human biology and we have then a system of individual experiences. Both in the... Man, oh Manischewitz, the last VOR of 2023 is upon us. Man, this has been a great ride. 2023, man, the topics have been fire. And of course, we played a, an amazing clip from an amazing educator, uh, Joseph Campbell. And, you know, uh, you've heard me talk about Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey and how he was uh, instrumental in uh, the creation of Star Wars. You know, his books, Hero of a Thousand Faces and how he uh, inspired George Lucas. But he in that clip, he was also a professor over at uh, Sarah Lawrence in New York. Uh, but this particular clip, he was disseminating uh, and breaking down Carl Jung's shadow work. And, 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 and tonight is, is a very powerful topic because all year long, we've been talking about how to be in a relationship with a human being. The first human being you should be in a relationship with, of course, is yourself, right? If you can't tolerate the whole you, it's going to be virtually impossible for you to coexist and deal with another whole being. Every person you meet is whole. Every person you meet goes through something. Now, what was very interesting about what Joseph was breaking down here, he said the shadow, that's the unconscious piece, right? And then he said, the persona and the self is the body. I hear a lot of religious folk get this twisted, right? 
you can apply uh, the body and the persona to the spirit. Many people don't know the difference between soul and spirit. The shadow is the soul. A lot of people don't understand that, right? That's the repository of everything unconscious, right? The soul. If you look it up in ancient uh, Hebrew, in the Bible, it's ruach. If you look it up in Arabic, it's aruhu, the soul. And you see that when Allah says he blows the breath of life into the nostrils of Adam. He says he gives a piece of himself, aruhu, right? A piece of himself, a soul. He gives man a soul. That's what makes him unique. The persona or the personality, spirit, right? In Hebrew, it's nefesh, right? Nafish or nefesh. And it means self. And you could see that Jung tapped into that. Why is this important for tonight? Because everybody is a work in progress. Everybody that relates as human beings have an element of humanity entrenched in them. What does that element represent? It represents chaos. It represents disorder. It represents wounds. It, it represents hurt. And so, one of the most difficult aspects of relationship is being able to relate to a whole human being. Not the bits and pieces that you're attracted to, all the physicality or the, or the sex or the status or, you know, the education or the, the personality, the smile, uh, whatever, the humor. Everybody has this opportunity to be something that Carl Jung labeled the wounded healer. Right? That's tonight's topic, the Tao. The way of the wounded healer, an intriguing look at the inherent wisdom contained within our psychological wounds. Why is this such an important topic? Well, before I even start to answer that, let's ask some questions. And as is common for this show, this is a non-judgmental space. And I wish I was better in my relationships at holding the judgment. <laughs> but on the radio, I'm a professional. I know how. So you will be able to call in and not be judged and not be criticized for your perspective. But let's get deeper. Can the pain slash wound associated with being vulnerable lead to unconditional Love or unconditional skepticism? What purpose do psychological wounds have in our lives? What exactly is a wounded warrior? What exactly is a wounded healer? How does your fear of abandonment manifest itself in your relationships? What past experiences of betrayal have made it difficult for you to trust others, even those that love you deeply. 1-800-920-1580. Get to your phone lines. This is a national discussion. I need to talk to people. I need to learn. I need to expand my consciousness. Call in and share your insights. In what way do you fear being rejected 
or not feeling good enough for your partner? How does your insecurities impact your ability to maintain a healthy relationship? In what way do you feel the need to control your relationships and or your partner? How does codependency show up in your relationship? And how does it affect your sense of self-worth? What fears? Why is Sean, right? Sean is, is hitting me on Instagram saying, are you live? I'm live, Sean. Call in, man. If you want to talk to me, call in. Sean, Sean is hitting me on Instagram right now. Call in, Sean. You know, come on, brother. You're welcome to, uh, to jump in here and talk to us. I want to hear from everybody tonight because this is a powerful conversation because many of our relationships are affected by what Joseph Campbell just said. He said the shadow represents our ego's blind spot. What fears or belief, right, contribute to your fear of intimacy and emotional closeness? How does your fear of commitment affect your ability to make long-term commitments in your relationship? In what ways do you feel emotionally neglected or ignored by your partner? How does your low self-esteem impact your relationships and your perception of yourself? 1-800-920-1580. Are y'all listening to the questions tonight? I need to hear from you because it is important that we delve into this discussion. The VOR is just getting started. Listen, when I come forward, I want to talk to everybody. I see the chat room is bubbling. Tonight's topic is bananas. I want to hear from y'all. Let's get it. Welcome, everyone. My name is James Newell. I'm the director of the Depth Psychology Alliance. And today we're going to talk about Jung and the archetype of the wounded healer and just what uh, we're going to touch on some of the implications of that idea and that archetype and along with that uh, expand into uh, giving you some sort of overview of what we're going to touch on in the eight-week course that starts next week. Anyway, um, the archetype of the wounded healer is really an ideal model for understanding Jung's theory and for understanding how and why we dialogue with the unconscious in-depth psychology. The wounded healer is really a, an essential model also for understanding uh, the necessity of being aware of our own unconscious processes when we're working with others. This is a particularly a, a ripe talk, topic for people who are either therapists or personal coaches or even just working in the world and trying to be helpful in uh, any way uh this dynamic and how it works at least from the Jungian perspective uh can give us some insights i think and that's what we're going to try to do today uh, just to start out i do want to say something about the depth psychology alliance uh, why we offer these classes uh many of you may know bonnie bright who first uh, founded the depth psychology alliance over 10 years ago and right off we noticed that aside from a few sort of high-end schools on the West Coast. Uh, most major universities do not offer courses on Jung. Psychology departments uh, don't like Jung. There's all kinds of controversies and mis mainly, I would say, misunderstandings 
about Jung. In any case, he's not typically taught in schools. And so our goal uh, has been twofold with these courses is to uh, fill that gap and provide people with college level courses that are affordable and available and uh, bring people. So you'll notice like with this class in particular, there'll be some people you may know a lot about Jung that uh, we've had even the Jungian analysts and people who are probably know more about Jung than I do taking these classes and also people who are absolutely know nothing about Jung, but are curious. So we try to, I'll, I'll, I'll define and talk about some things which some of you may already be familiar with, uh, but that's just because we're trying to uh, make it easy for a lot of people. Jung's psychology is not difficult to understand, but there are a lot of moving parts. There's a certain amount of jargon and things that, uh, as with any field, if you're familiar with these things, you kind of gloss over them, but I'm going to try to not gloss over things. So if there's someone here who's absolutely new to Jung, uh, we don't leave you in the dust. And if we do leave you in the dust, please do either ask a question during the class or save it to the discussion section. We'll try to straighten things out for you. So the second reason is simply to uh, provide some funding for the Deb Psychology Alliance, because aside from... So this is going to be very interesting. Carl Jung, the wounded healer. Why is this an important topic? Have you guys heard of that saying? Hurt people hurt people. But there's a way out of that endless cycle. According to Jung, the wounded warrior is the person who learns from the hurt they've either experienced or the hurt they've inflicted. In other words, they've been able to extrapolate wisdom out of pain. Very interesting. The wounded healer. Now, listen, humanity, you already know, we're, we are a complex group of beings here on planet Earth. But our psychological wounds serve a profound purpose. They are not mere scars of pain and suffering, but gateways to profound wisdom and transformation. On tonight's show, we will embark on a journey of self-discovery, exploring the depths of the wounded healer and warrior archetypes through a clinically, psychologically, and philosophically, and socially adroit lens we unravel the intricacies of psychological wounds and their impact on our relationships. By delving into the questions posed, we cover the inherent, we, we will uncover the inherent wisdom contained within these wounds, paving the way for personal growth, healing, and spiritual evolution. The purpose, what is the purpose of psychological wounds, ladies and gentlemen? Why do we hurt? Why do we hurt others and why do others hurt us and why are we in this cycle? Right? It's very interesting. Psychological wounds, though often painful, serve a purpose in our lives. They act as a catalyst for growth. Right? Inviting us to delve into the depths of our being and confront the unresolved aspects of our past, present, and also gives us the ability to create a future 
that we want, right? By acknowledging and embracing our wounds, we embark on a journey of healing, which allows us to activate empathy, compassion, and resilience. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I really want to know, are you a wounded healer? Are you using what you've been through to not only make yourself better, but to better the lives of those who love you or those who may have or those who love you and have hurt you? Because this whole show is about being in a relationship with a human being. I know this is tough for y'all, but let's get it. Who's been on the line the longest? Sean, Oakland, California. Get in here. Hey, Brother Zoe, so first off, I want to say to everybody, you know, during this holiday season and everything, is to enjoy every moment, because time flies. And I think sometimes we get bottlenecked in choke points in our daily lives where it becomes so um, stressful and it builds so much anxiety that we forget to enjoy, you know, some nice little moments every day, whatever that is that you like. Mm -hmm. Because today I had some nice moments. I saw friends from back in high school days, you know, played a little golf, which I don't do anymore except maybe once a year, enjoyed the company, told old stories back in the day. And I think that is so important. But to answer your question, I think the, the best, um, guides in our lives are those who have been through some really bad situations, and then they give that wisdom to you. I've been through a lot. You've been through a lot. And we know lots of people that have been through a lot. And by the way, everyone listening here has been through a lot. And, and if you can pass that wisdom on as opposed to don't do this because I did this. No, no. It's much better to tell a story. So try to tell a story with what happened to you because everyone's going to have a different experience. Mm -hmm. But if you're able to tell a bit of a story, mm -hmm. a truthful one, a truthful one, even how painful it is. Hell, you and I have talked about this. You, myself, I've made tons wait, of mistakes. Wait, wait, wait. Hold yeah. tight. Hold tight. We got to carry you forward. When we come forward... We're going back to Oakland, California, because Sean is in his bag. Hi, Dr. Marcia Sirota here. And today I want to talk about the wounded healer. And by that, I mean people who go into the helping professions because of their emotional wounds from the past. Now, of course, this is not something that we do consciously. We're not aware that we're choosing to be in a helping profession because of our emotional wounds, but our emotional wounds drive us to go into these professions. And there's a few reasons for this. One of the reasons is that when we've been hurt as children, we have a real empathy that develops for other people who are hurt. And we identify with other people who've been hurt. So we are driven to go into the helping professions because it's almost a way of vicariously healing our own inner child if we heal these other people who have been victimized or who are being hurt. And that also includes animals. Any type of helping profession often comes because we have this over empathy for those who are being in pain who are in suffering because of our own person. and i would even take it 
a step further. Listen, man, I've been through hell and I still hurt people. Right? I take it further, though. Look at LeBron James. LeBron James came from nothing. Daddy abandoned him, but look at the father he is. He's a wounded healer to his children. Here's another example. Shaquille O'Neal. His daddy abandoned him. But he was raised by a very staunch, you know, military-minded man that gave him structure. But look, if you know Shaquille, Shaquille be showing up at Walmart, buying everybody in the Walmart everything. Do you understand? That's a wounded healer. And, and that's why I said let's take it further. You know, it's not just people going into the helping profession. It's people saying, I've been through hell. I learned from the hell I've been through. And I want to help people who I see that are currently going through hell. That's a wounded healer. It's an archetype that was created by Jung that Jung extrapolated from Floyd or Freud. I said Floyd, Freud. But it's a powerful archetype, right? And we all got something in us that should drive us. Listen, let me tell you something. Part of the wounded healer is you're going you're gonna to get a little piece of guilt if you hurt somebody. That's, that's part of being human, right? You hurt somebody you love, there's going to be a stain of guilt on you. And you're going to want to make it right. That's part of the wounded healer. If you really love, if you really love that person and you didn't really want to hurt them, you're going to feel something. You're going to be like, I got to I got to I got to make this right because this isn't this wasn't my intention. Heavy stuff, right? The wounded healer. When you learn from the wound's wisdom. That was a mistake. Ooh, 1-800-9-2015-80. Get to your phone line. Sean, get back in here. Finish your final thought here, sir. I will. So real quick, I mean, one of my very closest friends, um, you know, retired from the military after 30-plus years. I'm first on his list because he's been in combat zones PTSD, the whole bit, right? We have to support everybody. So the first thing, the reason why I'm I'm on his list, number one, he put me on that list, is because he he knows I've been through a bunch of stuff, and and that I've somehow persevered or at least been resilient, and I continue to fight through it all. But here's the thing, though. I think this is very important, and you're hitting on all the notes that that I think are so important at the end of the year. Holiday seasons aren't easy. Um, you know, is to explain to your close people that want to hear it in a story form, in a truthful, truthful, that's very important, story form about the experiences, experiences you've had that were difficult and that where you made mistakes mistakes and where it or where it was just so tough and here's what i did to get through it 
mm-hmm. and in an emotional way, you know, not physical wounds, that kind of thing, but they under can understand and then they can relate and then you can share and you can even laugh about these things because time flies. Enjoy every moment, people. Remember how fast time flies and enjoy and love the ones around you and try to lift them up the very best you can. Guess what you just did, Sean? Brother, I brought Oakland in the building. Love you guys. Thank you, Sean. You brought Oakland, California in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is call me at 1-800-920-1580. Let's keep it popping. Hey, we got Marcel from Los Angeles, L.A. in the house. Speak on it. Yes, sir. Uh, so first of all, I want to just start off by thanking you for your platform. Thank you. I mean, you're amazing. You on fire every just tonight. Thank you, brother. Um, I've, I've heard several topics that you've covered about uh, wounded healer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just have to share with you that uh, you know I'm I'm a I consider myself a young black male in this world today, and my my uh, self confidence, not arrogance, my self confidence didn't allow me to even see that I was wounded. Mm. And through, through, you know, growth and development, I was able to recognize and allow myself to be vulnerable to see that I am a wounded healer. Mm. And with that, it was able to change the conversations and communications that I was having Mm -hmm. because I was, I, I was going into relationships and setting like, you know, how you say how you are and you communicate, you know, one of my lines that I used to say to everybody I met was that I, I require a lot of attention. And I didn't know that that was me speaking out as a wounded healer, asking for somebody to pay attention to me, not trip off of what I do and what I say. Mm-hmm. And being a wounded healer, I was able to self-reflect and see how I was damaging my partners. Mm-hmm. And with that, the knowledge of being wounded and whatnot, it was a, it allowed the communication and the conversation to things that I was going through and experiencing and, and had been through that I didn't even identify as wounds. Right. So the first because, piece, you know, the first piece of what you said sounded like someone who was looking for validation. Uh, as far as me talking about, I need attention. Yes. Oh. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I need to, I need, you know, because a lot of people aren't invested in the people that they're with. That's true. They're really That's not. True. That's true. On a superficial level. And so, yes. that, yeah, that was why my default was like, I require a lot of attention up front, just letting you know, if you get in a relationship with me, I require a lot of attention. But at the end of the day, like I said, realizing that I was, uh, you know, healing a wounded healer. I was realizing what I was saying is like, don't trip off of what I do. Don't trip off of me getting mad or whatever, you know, like look at why without the accountability of what I'm doing to upset or make them mad. Mm. Mm. That's good. You can't heal unless you reveal and you can't reveal unless (laughs) listen to this. Unless you be real with yourself, you have right. to accept, man. That hey, man, I, I, I'm the problem, right? And I'm only talking about the problem that you bring to the situation. 
your person, they bring a problem to the situation. But you have to own the problem you bring to the situation. And the transparency right. that you're uh, exhibiting right now is great, which is, you know what? I needed you to show me that you were invested. You needed to validate my presence here. And that in and of itself is a wound, you know, right? Right. But there's wisdom right. in it. If you can go inside that wound and somehow understand its origin so you can deactivate it, now you could take the wisdom out of the wound and help other people. Does it make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because if you got a wound that you don't even know you have and don't treat it and cover it, it's only going to get infected. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> hey, there it is. Hey, Marcel, guess what you just did? Brought L.A. in the building. Los Angeles is in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, all you got to do is follow the protocol. 1-800-920-1580. I want to hear some more from Los Angeles. Uh, See what happens when you put Andy. <laughs> You, he said, I'm working 18 jobs. I understand. But you, you first off, he started us with Michael Jackson. Heal the world. <laughs> Heal the world. Ladies and gentlemen, the VOR is back in the building. We on fire tonight. We got callers from all over the country. It's a national discussion going on here. Because what I'm saying is everybody has the potential to become a, a wounded healer, right? Let me tell you something about relationships. You're going to always be in some kind of pain. I know you don't want to hear it, but you're going to always be in some kind of pain. Guess what? There is the sweet pain of good sex, the pain we all enjoy. You, you've ever heard of it? It hurts so good, huh? There's that kind of pain, right? Then there's this pain we're talking about. Your partner letting you down, disappointing you, frustrating you. You're dissatisfied. You feel stuck. They hurt you. They betrayed you. They lied to you. Then that comes with its own kind of pain, right? But then on the journey to find new love, on the journey to get back out there and love again, the universe says you have to be vulnerable. Right? Universe, get out there and say, but you got to be vulnerable if you want it to be right. If you want it to be good. Right? If you want it to be some powerful, loving experience, it, you got to get out there and be vulnerable. Correct? Circa 1600, from late Latin, vulnerabilis, wounding. Vulnerable means wounding. So in order to be vulnerable, you got to be hurt again. You got to put your guard down. Vulnerable means wounding from Latin, right? Vulnerari, to wound, to hurt to injure, to maim, from vulnus, wound. 
So many people spend so much time running from the hurt. Y'all don't even know what hurt is. Hurt is a spiritual escalator designed to elevate you. But you want to elevate with no friction, with no pain. What do you think the devil's job is on planet Earth? He's a spiritual personal trainer. He's going to stress you. He's going to push you. He, he, but he does it just like he does it to Job, though. The way he does it to you is the same way he did it to Job. He got to go ask for permission. Hey, have you considered uh, <laughs> my servant Job? Hey, uh, no. <laughs> but then guess what? He gets the consent from God to go do the work. He's a spiritual personal trainer. That's why the name Satan means adversary, adversity. Every relationship is going to get hit with adversity, starting with the one you have with yourself. I know a lot of people don't want to hear it that way. It's okay. We got callers all over the country. I want to talk to everybody. We got Detroit. We got Dallas. We got Mountain View. Who been on the longest? Mountain View, Hawaii. Get in here. Uh, greetings and blessings, Chet. Greetings and blessings, Zoe. Yes, sir, brother. Uh, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah. Wow. Uh, he said, wow. Hurting, <laughs> Don't let curse. Me, let me go to the bottom. <laughs> let me go to the bottom. Okay. And to ask this question after I read this verse. Uh, Proverbs 9 and 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Come on. So the question basically is, what is the beginning of wisdom that you seek? Mm, what is the beginning? If people understood, if people under, if people understood going through the situations of life, losing a loved one, uh, losing best friends, losing money, uh, losing a hard time, it brings you to a certain place that will either be a hospital. Or the darkness of your own pit of destruction that apparently you've been avoiding. Well, let's just say we're in hell and relationship is the hospital for the soul. Right? Let's just well, use we, that analogy. We, we're in hell. Earth is we hell. Get to that, though. <laughs> right? And and relationship we that, is the hospital of the soul, right? But when you're in a hospital, nine times out of ten, you're in the hospital. It don't feel good, right? Right. Does healing normally feel good? No. Okay. <laughs> but your vulnerability in the process of staying there instead of jumping out of the pool like most folks do? That don't feel good either. So which pain are you going to choose? You can choose the one that heals you or you can choose the one that's going to keep you in the depths of your soul. But now, come on, John, let's be honest. We're dealing with human beings. Human beings don't want to deal with no and kind I of pain, it. whether whether it's and the, I get it. Yeah. Whether it's the curative pain or or the destructive pain. Most human beings don't want to deal with either one because they both hurt. Well, again, choose your heart. 
people choose jobs and go to universities knowing that they probably ain't ready for the test that they even chose. Choose your heart. Uh, it's either the job or homelessness. Choose your heart. It's, Ooh, <laughs> it's choose your heart. I like that. Or, or forget about all the stuff you dream of doing because you won't put the work together to do what you need to get. Choose your heart. Hey, stay right there, John, from Mountain View, Hawaii. Lord have mercy. He's in here cooking. When we come forward, we going back to the place where they say aloha. One must be wounded to become a healer. Many people, however, experience suffering and do not become healers. Practically everyone could become a healer if it depended only on the experience of suffering. It is only by overcoming suffering and having been wounded that one may become a healer. We have to follow the way of our psychological maturation to discover the reason for our suffering, because the reason is something unique in each individual. That is why in seeking the meaning of your suffering, you seek the meaning of your life. The wounded healer is the archetype of the self, one of its most widespread features, and is at the bottom of all genuine healing procedures. Swiss psychologist Carl Jung is credited with coining the phrase wounded healer, but this term is never used by him in his works. Instead, he used wounded physician. Jung did not see himself as someone who had accomplished the healing of his patients. The healing is an individual affair, which must emerge from the patient's own psyche in order for there to be a resolution to the problem, which is precisely what the term individuation implies. The cure ought to grow naturally out of the wounded individual. One must find the light that is hidden within the darkness. As long as we feel victimized, bitter and resentful towards our wound and seek to escape from suffering it, we remain inescapably bound to it. This is neurotic suffering, as opposed to the authentic suffering of the wounded healer, which is purified. The wound can destroy you, or it can wake you up. The Greek Ooh. god <laughs> The wound can destroy you, or it can wake you up. How many of you guys take the lesson, oh, this person hurt me, but I'm going to discard the person with indifference? right? They don't matter, but they wounded you. And that wound led you to a certain level of enlightenment. He said the wound can discard you or the wound can destroy you or it can wake you up. If a wound woke me up, I would thank the person who hurt me. We don't thank the people who hurt us. We stay resentful. We say we forgive, but most of us don't know how to do that. Most of us don't realize that forgiveness is us releasing get back. Releasing revenge. Why? Because revenge takes on the karmic debt of the person who hurt you. If you step in and say, okay, I'm going to get my revenge, you now take their karmic debt. You take on it. That's what happened to Abel. Cain and Abel in the Bible. Cain kills Abel. God lets him live. 
God puts a symbol on his forehead and tells everybody, now leave him alone. And if any man lift his hand to kill him, they will be cursed sevenfold, seven times. Do you see? <laughs> Forgiveness is the relinquishing of the desire to want revenge. Because revenge, hatred, resentment, all of that is corrosive to the soul. We are all made up of the heartbroken or the heartbreakers. And sometimes you break your own heart for the pain you caused to someone else. The only way to mend is to open your heart and swim deep into the waters of forgiveness. Pacifying like a band-aid to your heart. Christine Evangelou, Stardust and Star Jumps, a motivational guide to help you to reach towards your dreams, goals, and life purposes. We got people on the line. I want to get people in here to finish their thoughts. John from Hawaii, I need you to finish that thought, brother. The phone lines are cracking. Okay, uh, I'm going to try. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. One more time, let's go, let's go to that dark place that everybody is trying to avoid. Again, the dark places where not only, as you said earlier, the holiest of holies is there. The spirit that you need to tap into is there. And also, the God in you is there. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Don't run from the pool. Don't run from the surgery. Don't run from the situation. Hmm. Tap in. Get it for yourself. Man, okay. guess what you just did, brother? Mountain View is in the house. Hawaii in the building. If you want to bring your city in the building, run to the phone. Crawl to the phone. Walk to the phone. Get to the phone. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. I want to talk to you. We got a national discussion going on right now. D, Detroit, and then Trumonger, Dallas, Texas. D, get in here. Okay, I wanted to say. Wait, D from Detroit. D, D, wait. Last time you was on the line, you cursed, sweetheart. No cursing on the line, okay? Okay. Thank you. No profanity. Go ahead. So, I see that it says wounded warriors, but it's a lot of wounded wounds because I have two sisters who had abortion, and they feel like they cannot have children anymore. And I listen to a lot of women's stories from a self-help program where they felt like they was a woman, they turned to drugs and alcohol, they turned to promiscuity, they, they just turned into a massacre from... From someone messing up their womb. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's prevalent because some people can't have womb, can't have babies. And women are born with all their eggs. But we don't have the money to find out 
how many eggs we got or anything like that. And they feel that they ruined their body. Mm. And I don't know what to say because I was 15 and pregnant and my sister was 16 and pregnant. But she blames my mom for letting her have an abortion. But she wanted it. And now she's bitter. She just turned 40. And she was saying, I would never have kids. I said, if you stop drinking and stop smoking and you start taking some vitamins, I said, maybe a man will want you for you. Mm. Because you can't just sit there drunk all day long, burning up food and think that a man going to want you. And it's hard to tell her that. Well, she's got to do it for herself. She can't do it for a man. If she going if she going to clean up and stop drinking and and you know and all of that, she's got to do it for her. It's got to be, you know, man, I want to be better. I want to be healed. I want to be whole. And you know, the man will come later. But if she's doing it for the man, she's actually setting herself up for more pain because she hasn't healed the pain that's still within her. So, D, I, 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 I do feel like Roe versus Wade should have been overturned just because of her. Wow, that's heavy. But we'll get to a topic like that one day. But guess what you just did, D? Brought Detroit in the building. Detroit is in the building. When I come forward, I'm going to Dallas, Texas, Atlanta, Georgia, and other cities. Where are you? Without the bun, guess what? <laughs> Come on, Shaq. I consider myself a fairly normal person. Like you, I, I do many things. I'm, I'm a mother and a wife, a sister and an aunt. Professionally, I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and psychology professor. I have several hobbies. I spin and I weave. I do historical interpretation. That's me in my goofy colonial clothes. I also am a dairy goat farmer. Now, I milk my goats twice a day and make fabulous cheese. Meet Lucy and Lulu. Aww, last year's twins. My latest hobby is that of a beekeeper. I even won third place in the state fair for my beeswax. You could say I live in the land of milk and honey. But today is the day I'm going public. I have a secret to share that I haven't spoken of in 45 years. Life wasn't always the land of milk and honey. There were periods in my life when it was more like this. I was institutionalized. And it's the shame and the stigma that's prevented me from talking about it all these years. As a psychologist, a professor, and a patient, I'm in a, in a unique position to help destigmatize mental illness because I have been on both sides of the locked door. Let me show you some real estate. It is a beautiful piece of property. It's got Victorian architecture. It has lovely grounds. It's even waterfront property. Wow. She's a professor, but she was also institutionalized when she was younger. 
They thought she had schizophrenia, but they didn't. She went through electroshock therapy. Wow. And was institutionalized for nine months. <laughs> Man, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> okay. Oprah said hurt is hurt. That's true. But I'm going to tell you right now, there are degrees of trauma. <laughs> Listen, people, you know, they deal with it the way they deal with it. But there are definitely degrees. Whew, this is heavy, man. What exactly is a wounded warrior? What exactly exactly is a wounded healer? I think she represents a wounded healer. Traumatized. Institutionalized. And then rose from there to become a professor. To help people. To educate. That was a TED talk. Very powerful work. What's the lady's name? Ted, uh, uh, Andy? I was about to say Ted. <laughs> Andy's like, I don't know the video gone now. So <laughs> it's all good. Nancy Simpson. Nancy Simpson. I want you guys to look it up. Look up her TED talk. Nancy Simpson. I want you to check it out. Let me get these callers in here because they're here and they want to talk. True Monger has been on the longest. True Monger, get in here. Yes, sir. Talk to me, man. What are your thoughts yeah. about tonight's topic? I think most people are a combination of both. Because mm. uh, you get wounded, your life is going to throw all kinds of shots at you, so you're going to catch some wounds. Uh, in order to become a healer and heal yourself, you got to fight. It's like she had to fight through that situation. Mm -hmm. They probably had her in a straight jacket on her own kinds of drugs and whatnot. She knew she wasn't crazy, but she had to keep fighting for herself. I think sometimes people lose that fight within them and just accept whatever comes to them. Mm -hmm. They don't bother to work on themselves, try to be better for themselves in order to be beneficial for themselves and for everybody else around them. Um, but, yeah, if you're going to heal, healing starts with self, regardless of whoever you interact with. And in my opinion, the best way to help others heal if you're doing that is just to be is be transparent be hmm. honest be honest about your experiences good bad and everything in between mm -hmm. let them know how you went through that experience mm -hmm. they might not necessarily go through they're not going to go through it the same way but they may recognize some things that you told them just because you were open and honest with them mm -hmm. they may be able to make an adjustment here or handle things a little bit better than you did right so right. I think we're—I think most people are a combination, mm -hmm. but you have to go through. I think you have to go through one stage in order to build on the other. Right. I love and it. Brother. Like they get easier. It doesn't get easier. You just get better at it. Mm -hmm. True monger. Yes, sir. You know what you just did, right? Yes, sir. What did you do? Just brought Dallas in the building. Dallas, Texas is in the building. What other major cities are coming to the fray? We got Atlanta. We got Houston. Come on, L.A. Get up in here. The number to dial is 1-800-920-1580. Now, Gerald Davis, he says, Aloha, Zoe. I guess he's in Hawaii, too. 
He says, can I answer your question? He said, a wounded warrior is a person of great suffrage that through experience embraces their calling for humanity. They are creative to inspire the world to look within themselves to produce the greatest gift to the world. And then he put you. I love it. I I, I can't disagree. We got these callers, though. Let's get them in here. Nazarene X, you've been on the longest long time. No hear from. Get in here. Man, peace and love to everybody out here on these airwaves. Man, glad to be back in the mix. Always. I really don't know what to say. <laughs> I just had to show support, man. I, I like my wounds. So what you were speaking to earlier about embracing it, mm-hmm. I think that's part of your reward for so-called enduring through the trials that you might be called to because your testimony is like a roadmap for someone else's success. So in the grand scheme of things, while you're helping yourself, you're helping others that are witnessing your plight and the good, you know, in that good scheme of things. So I feel like you might as well just keep on stepping, no matter how hard it gets, whether you consider yourself to be a healer or a warrior or cursed or the one that's to break generational curses, whatever you embrace and you define for yourself prayerfully inside. We all have that, uh, I guess that, that pen of self authorship. Mm-hmm. It says, well, look, you know, this is how my story going to end. Well, my, my story doesn't end with me succumbing to, you know, whatever trials I might face. But if I could just draw a big circle around that, uh, I don't know how how deep we want to take it here, but, like, that whole aspect of suicide, that's that's something I think we could up a little bit. Well, let me, because, ask, let me mm-hmm. ask you this, because... Would you say that the pain we go through, whether it's the pain of being vulnerable after being hurt or betrayed or whatever, right? Or, you know, just the pain of remembering, right, uh, what you've already been through. Would you say that that pain is, is a kind of down payment for the wisdom that is contained within the wound? Man, I don't know. I don't know, because uh, on one hand, I feel like... Then why does it hurt? <laughs> look, this in a lot of ways, I feel like maybe sometimes we do get caught up in our own humanity, mm. right? And I say that to say, like, we can be a glutton for punishment because somehow in the human experience, I guess when someone finally... Well, when we feel like someone else really cares about what we're going through, like we may not sign up to be hurt for that uh, that attention, if you will, or that confirmation or proof that I finally exist, right? I think like we don't want to have to lose ourselves in order to be found or seen by someone else, but I do feel like they're uh, interwoven. I just don't think it's necessarily voluntary all the time. 
I think we're brought to that as a gift. Man, well, guess what, Nazarene? Don't take so much time off, bro. You disappeared, (laughs) and now you're back. Guess what you just did? I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Slama Lama Ding Dong, ATL. The A is in the building. We appreciate it, good brother. Thank you for reaching out. I got time for somebody else, I think. Well, kind of. Attila, Houston, Texas. I may have to carry you over, but guess what? Get on in here. What up, Uncle Joe? What's going on? Yeah. You liking tonight's How topic? I'm good. Yes. Always. Always, always. So grateful to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I wanted to address one of your questions real quick. Mm-hmm. And you asked, what past experiences of betrayal have made it difficult for you to trust others? Mm. Lord. Um, that one hit me because I want to say the first experience of betrayal was a broken promise. Mm. Um, and so with that broken promise, I took that on and I began to break promises to myself. So wait, stay right there. Hold on. That's too heavy. Stay right. When we come forward, we're going to go back to Houston, Texas. Cause did y'all, y'all need to marinate on what that little piece, right? Just sit tight when we come forward. More from Atala from Houston, Texas. Hey, everybody. Thank you for watching. Today, I wanted to tell one of the oldest tales of the abandonment wound, which is the story of Chiron and his wound that never healed. In Greek mythology, Chiron, the son of the Titan Cronus and the Philera, was famous for his healing capabilities, for his wisdom, for his knowledge of medicine. But most of all, he was famous for his wound that never healed. I personally really like this story because it kind of taught me to see my own wounding a little bit differently and try to emerge from it rather than see it as a curse or as a burden. Cronus, the head of the Titans, was married to Rhea, with whom he had several children, the youngest being Zeus, who later became the most famous god in Greek mythology. Cronus lusted after the nymph Philera, and as he tried to escape the eyes of his wife, he transformed into a stallion, fathering a child with her, with the upper body of a man and the lower body of a horse, named Chiron. Philera was disgusted at the sight of Chiron, and in shame abandoned the baby at at Mount Pelion in Thessaly. Abandoned by both his parents, Chiron received his first wound, the wound of abandonment that would fester in his core for the rest of his life. One day, Chiron was found by the god Apollo, who taught him everything about healing, music, and prophecy, and his twin sister Artemis, who taught him hunting and archery. The little centaur Chiron mastered every single field and became became highly skilled in the art of healing. It is said that he invented medicine and pharmacy, and that he was skilled with the hands. All this stuff come back from mythological archetypes or whatnot. But it's good to know, man. We're in here talking about it. Attila was on fire before we came forward. Attila, please finish your thought. Yes. So I was talking about self-abandonment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you abandon your your morals, your power, your ability to speak to that which you know to be true for yourself, even if it doesn't align with um, your circumstances or the person that you're with, anytime you abandon that, you are going to have trouble down the road because essentially you either have to keep abandoning yourself or abandon the person or the situation that you got into. Mm. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. This is heavy stuff. Now, my question mm-hmm. to you is, which wound scares you the most? The wounds Ooh, of the past or the wounds of the present where you have to be vulnerable? Mm-hmm. That is a good question. Which one scared me the most? I feel like I'm pretty numb to my past wounds <laughs> right now. Definitely my my most recent ones where I have to be vulnerable, for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Because essentially what that means is that, you know, you, you got to get the cleanest. You got to start cleaning and disinfecting and kind of going through the rubble that is your life. Mm. Um, that contributes to your, your choices and the, the consequences that you reap from those choices. Mm, mm, mm. You got me over here pondering deep. <laughs> now, <laughs> well, have you, you me uh, uh, the uh, thing? I was about to ask you, I was about to ask you, how do you use your <laughs> wounds to help mm-hmm. others? Are you a wounded healer or are you a wounded warrior where you're constantly fighting? I definitely think I've transitioned to a wounded healer as of late. Um, You know, I'm a teacher. I'm a tutor. So I'm always working with younger kids. And so, you know, the wounds that I had to work through when it came to schoolwork and just not being the best at what I was doing, um, I now basically take that and help my students when they get stuck, you know, because it's really more about the worthiness wounds that come up. It's the, the ego, the fear. That's what you're confronting when you're working with kids, even if it's on a different subject, right? Hell, I still got the damn worthiness wound. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm like, does that ever go away? Mike, um, I I don't know. I I feel like you each time you're kind of like just climbing steps, right? So Mm -hmm. you might deal with worthiness in athletics and then it comes up in something else later in work, right? So I feel like we're constantly kind of transmuting these things and going on to the next level of uh, of war, in a sense. Mm -hmm. But you're healing at the same time. So, I, you know, the war part is, is fighting your demons, but you're healing other people around you as well at the same time. I love it. I love it. Atala, guess what you just did. I brought Houston in the building. Houston, Texas is in the building. If you want to bring your city, you know the protocol, 1-800-920-1580. But you already know who's up next to bat. You already know who's up next to hit it out the park. One of our favorite callers to call in. We love you all. We love you all equally. But let me tell you now, Nikki from the SIP has entered the building. Nikki, what are your thoughts on tonight's topic? Wow, that's what my thoughts are. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeesh, right? <laughs> I think that we are all carrying both characteristics, warrior and healer. Mm. I would ask that we consider food for thought, particularly from my healthcare perspective. A healer can be and is a person who seeks to heal or cure disease by means other than conventional medical treatment. Mm -hmm. The measure of healing we offer outward, we need 
to first offer inward. Mm. The the healing process doesn't come from outside first. It comes from inside. Correct. And when we are carrying these wounds, I think sometimes we forget that. I mentioned in the chat earlier to remember whenever we are being crucified, we are also being promoted. Mm. There is a purification that goes on. Sometimes it's a duality of experience. And the burn from that purification... (laughs) Sometimes we don't realize that two things are happening at once. You mentioned earlier, doesn't healing hurt? Mm-hmm. I think I heard you say that. Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> sometimes it does and sometimes it does not. Mm-hmm. I think that we can often be in such a dire set of circumstances that what we do most often is recognize the pain part and that becomes the focus. Mm -hmm. You can heal. You do heal. And it is not inherently painful. Wait, stay right there. Stay right there. When we come forward, we're going back to Mississippi, man. She be cooking. Lord have mercy. With sons and daughters don't even want to take them but it's so easy for them to make them it's true if it weren't for you if y'all don't know about ed og and the bulldogs be a father to your child this is what hip-hop sounded like when i was coming up you know what i'm saying late 80s early 90s it had a message be a father to your child he said all women are not whores he was telling the truth come on Hip-hop has changed. Hip-hop is a different monster nowadays. Let me get my friend back in here, Nikki, from The Sip. Please continue cooking. Well, I would just like us to remember that healing means to repair or become sound. Hmm. Pain is not inherently associated with that. We grow a new skin every six, eight weeks or so. Mm-hmm. We don't even feel that for the most part. Right. But a healing can occur in that six or eight weeks of the skin. Hmm. Well, I think the warring part, the warrior part, the wounded part, conditions us sometimes to anticipate and accept that pain is coming. Hmm. But psychologically, we do not consider that it does not always have to be painful to heal something. Mm-hmm. That's heavy. And, <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. Come on. I mean, we need to, uh, that kinder, gentler that we would offer to someone else that we would see suffering. Offer it to ourselves first, more often, mm-hmm. and allow room, space in our process to not always anticipate 
that pain will be coming. Hmm. You can heal, repair, and become sound mm-hmm. without pain. You, I don't think you and understand how many people need to hear this, especially during the holiday. Now, yes, uh, yes. like people need this. What you go ahead, Nikki? Finish. I'm I'm it's, sorry. It's, <laughs> it's ridiculous what happens during the holidays, particularly from a healthcare perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted to say to the fam in particular, and to you, because we've all done some loss right in through here real quick mm-hmm. in the last few weeks, months. Mm-hmm. It, Healing can occur within us. And and I'll give you a quick illustration. Mm-hmm. When we give healing through words, deeds, expressions to other people, a hug is a mechanism for healing. Mm. But it doesn't hurt. Mm. Mm-hmm. We seek that out from those that we love most or people who do it well. Because it doesn't hurt. Mm -hmm. It does, in fact, ease the Mm dis-ease. Well, make room within our wounds or ourselves Mm. to not be in pain healing. Mm. Take the pain out of healing psychological wounds. Yes. Physical ones, too. Mm. That's just a condition of what tends to happen to us through the act of living. And then we anticipate pain. Oh, here it comes. Wait, are you saying many of us empower pain when we should be disempowering it? Well, sometimes. Because society and our past experiences, what we see around us, conditions us to anticipate it Mm. so we're bracing we're always in this space of bracing yes yes yes. and i'm simply saying to us give to us ourselves first the place that says this does not have to hurt Mm. for me to become sound i can walk with source and it not be painful all the time. I'm thinking of a conversation Reggie had several weeks ago. It doesn't have to be painful. Right. Pain is and can be a part of the process. Yes, because of learning. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't always have to be painful because we're anticipating it. It's and all- so I was trying to give us illustrations to think of that healing occurs, mm-hmm. but it's not hurting us. Mm. Mm. Nikki, I, I love mm. you, Nikki. I don't know where you found me. Where did you find this show, Nikki? Because you just showed up and then just started cooking. Where did you find us, Nikki? Tell us. The truth is I asked the Lord for some intelligent life forms that could talk to me and I could talk back. And look at that. Lord your have... feed showed up. That's the truth. Your feed showed up. And what? I said, well, let's see what this is about. Wow. Thank you, God. And I was lurking. <laughs> yep. I was lurking for a long time. Really? To see what the intelligent life forms had to say. 
Mm. I am blessed. I'm sorry. I'm, we all are blessed. Nikki, it is we, not a coincidence we are in here together. <laughs> Look at God. Lord, Lord, Lord. Nikki, what did you just do? I brought the sip in the building. Peace well, be on to you, my brother. I appreciate you so much. I can't wait till 2024. And we have some new topics so Nikki can get in here and cook, cook, cook. All right, we got our final caller on right now. Who is this? Gerald from Hawaii. What up, Gerald? Aloha, Zoe. How are you? Aloha, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up in the chat room and talking to us, man. Thank you. Where did you find the show? Well, originally I heard about you when you were uh, with uh, Corey. Oh, and nice. I like. I, I like your intellect. I've been rocking with you while you were there, and then you transitioned to KBLA, mm -hmm. and I'm just throwing support. I bought your book, The Lighthouse. Yes. You know, anyway, I, you're a positive man, first and foremost. Thank you. So when you allowed yourself to be transparent a couple minutes back about what you're going through, mm -hmm. you know, I, I felt that in my spirit, and I said, you know what? You're not the first. You're not the last. But I wanted to let me backtrack a little bit, because when I first put my initial chat out, you asked, what is a wounded warrior? Yeah. And I wrote what I wrote. But, you know, you kind of you're limited. First and foremost, first and foremost. A wounded warrior, wounded healer. They go through pretty much all hell at a young age. Mm -hmm. Now, the difference is their spirit, the connection to who I identify as the most high, that's the calling on their life. And so instead of being that person that you would find at the pulpit, you have been given a special gift. May it be through audio, through written and you use that for humanity. Now, the difference is you take that and you apply what you've been exposed to. May it be trauma. May it be all the uh, crutches of life, betrayal, um, especially dealing with the today we, we have hey, such but a, gerald i i hate to cut you off we yeah. only got 30 seconds before the show is over before okay. the next show comes on but brother let me just say this I'm man sorry. i appreciate you man thank you so much and i look forward to hearing from you man in 2024 all right definitely be all blessed. right good brother be blessed hey coming up next hey this is it for the voice of reason 2023 this is it Hey, I love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Up next, you already know, my friend, your friend, Jill Monroe, RSVP with Jill Monroe. We outie. Dude.